Greetings, Hempster. Thank you for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio, where we focus on what's most important. Today's show is all about how to create a successful hemp brand and CBD product line. So if you're wanting to increase your sales or brand recognition in the marketplace, or if you're just looking to increase your overall success with hemp, or if you're wanting to get unstuck with your marketing, then you'll appreciate today's show. But before we get started chatting with Jeff Gallagher of MadeByHemp.com, I want to make sure that you're aware of our uh, marketing and branding services at HempAware.com. We help hemp entrepreneurs, hemp companies, uh, cannabis companies as well, uh, with their SEO strategy, content creation, brand, look and feel, and all that fun stuff so we can help you get more leads and sales and traffic to your website. So if you're interested in any of our services, check out HempAware.com to schedule in your free introductory call, and we'll see what we can do to empower your your business. But anyway, I appreciate your awareness and tuning into this empowering conversation I'm about to have. I'm really excited for this because I, I feel like many hemp entrepreneurs are still struggling to find their niche and get into a success rhythm with their hemp products. And you see, when I was in my teenage years, I had an experience that caused me to think very deeply about life. And I began to ask the big questions, you know, like, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And the big one for me was, how can I create peace on earth? Because I quickly realized that if we're going to make a difference on the planet, we also have to learn how to make a dollar since making change in the world almost always requires the change that's in your pocket or in your bank account. So I immediately dove into the great sales trainings by Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy, Napoleon Hill, and all the greats. And I started to really absorb what it means to sell. And I actually discovered that the German, uh, the, the word sell comes from the German word selling, which means to give. So the more you're um, developing your skills to give and, and offer value to others, you're, you're really getting into the, the world of sales. And so I'm really all about creating, um, you know, a quality of life for people. And I feel like hemp was that vehicle to create peace on earth. And so that's why I'm dedicated and committed to helping other hemp entrepreneurs like yourself to succeed with hemp. And that leads me right into today's topic, which is uh, speaking with Jeff Gallagher of MadeByHemp.com. And he's doing some really amazing things, him and his team, not only to provide high quality hemp products, but he's going the extra mile to really serve the community and, and make a difference with hemp. And since 2013, Made by Hemp has been an industry leader in producing products and working with retailers to help offer quality CBD products to their customers worldwide. So let's get right into the juicy part. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Jeff. I appreciate your presence. Well, thanks for having me today. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on. Right on. So Maybe just uh, for our listeners that aren't aware of, of who you are, your brand, I know you have a, a couple different brands that you've developed over the years, but maybe give us a little background of, of your area of expertise and then what led you up to wanting to get into the hemp industry in general. Sure. So I've been in the IT field since I was um, walking pretty much. Uh, first commercial client, literally, I was 11 years old, um, stuck with computers pretty much my whole life. Um, a lot of turmoil 
2008, 2009, changed the direction of my life and a lot of others. I moved two and a half hours away from my, where I grew up um, to work for somebody else. Uh, long story short, um, hemp found me. A, a neighbor witnessed me have a panic attack, and he and he convinced me to try these uh, things he was making in his kitchen from uh, waste products of marijuana, of all things. And once he convinced me to try these, I realized that it was helping me medically with my anxiety. So for me, it was like, what? It's not THC, but what is it? Because I was eating these things and not getting any euphoria from it. So I did what any normal person would do. I took them to a marijuana lab, had them tested, and they told me that it had this compound called CBD. And this was at the end of 2012 here in Michigan. And CBD was pretty much not talked about except for in the cannabis circles in California as I did some Googling. Um, so I found a product line, though, that said industrial hemp legal in all 50 states in 20, in, in its Denver, Colorado. So I went to the website and bought a bottle, right, because it said it was legal. I didn't know what I didn't know about any of this at that time. I was just scratching the surface. My neighbor was making stuff out of waste products. I wasn't having panic attacks, and I found a product that said it was legal. So bought this product. It tasted horrendous. Um, but it had the same benefit as what my neighbor was giving me, um, and it was supposedly made in a, a clean environment. So I could get behind that, and my original intent was to help five people a month like it helped me. Uh, I bought a bunch of product from this vendor uh, and put it on all of the web places because CBD was not an unknown thing at that time. Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and a website I built, um, not made by hemp.com. And my intent was to help five people. Well, August of 2013, Sanjay Gupta got on TV and said how awesome CBD was. And I was one of the first people online with this stuff. And it just it took off. And it took my it took over my life, and I went from helping five people a month, which was my original intent, to thousands a week. Um, mm-hmm. And then my suppliers couldn't keep up with supply, so then what do you do? You figure out how to make your own. So right. over the last we'll be ten, we'll be ten this May. So over the last ten years, we became a GMP certified, FDA registered. Um, pending organic. Our, our audit was done a week ago, and, I, and we got like three more chat boxes to just check off the box, and that should be done on a bunch of our products. So we'll be an, we're an organic certified facility, or we'll be here very, very soon. Um, just mm-hmm. got to meet the compliance uh, chat boxes, and there's always something you miss in an audit. So uh, mm-hmm. you learn along the way. Um, totally. Nothing major, but you know, just mostly paperwork. <laughs> Uh, and tidying up some some of the things that you don't think about until they make you think about them. Um, so pre-COVID, you know, the industry was a totally different thing. Uh, it just got its legs underneath of it. I, I would have to say 2019 and um, 2020. Yeah, everybody knows what happened then. Uh, we pretty much hit the pause button in life for about 18 to 20 months. Um, and then on the other side of it, you know, uh, all these new things have happened in our industry. It just made a left-hand turn. Uh, and now we're just coming out of, out of I don't know what it is right now. Um, I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. what happened to the health and wellness hemp industry that turned into, for lack of a better term, and pardon me if I'm wrong, marijuana light. Um, oh, we can mm-hmm. use this to get 
to, to, to for other purposes when there's a legal, you know, uh, marijuana market in almost 40 states now, I think. But um, mm-hmm. hemp was legal only in all 50, and it still is. But, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who took almost 10 years to convince his parents that what I was selling wasn't marijuana, and again, yeah. I'm pro-cannabis, so I'm all in. But I had, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get your, your your parents to take this stuff, it's like, um, what happens, right? And now mm-hmm. there's these products on the market that gray that line so bad that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, I thought we were over the education between the two, and now it's blurry again. So I guess right. that's what happened well, with the industry. got really, really blurry. That and, Yeah, and that actually kind of leads right into my next question. I mean, other than COVID, you know, you've been in this for almost a decade, and you've obviously run into some challenges uh, over the years. What, what would you say, I mean, other than the stigma and, you know, the creep of, of the medical rec side of things into the hemp world, what other challenges might you have experienced as, as a hemp entrepreneur, and, and how are you able to overcome some of those challenges? Well, you know, all the things that normal businesses take, you know, for granted, like payment processing, banking, insurance, you know, you know, if you're a contractor or you do something, you know, you pick up the phone and, you you know, you, you can find all these things. Well, in the hemp industry, um, the word cannabis is tied to it. So then first and foremost, they think you're, you're, you're in that market no matter what. So it's an education process. And then once you educate them, can they help you without extorting you? Because that's the other part, you know, they charge you like 10 times the uh, the normal rates for, you know, insurance. And we don't extract anything on site. You know, we don't grow any flour here in our facility in Michigan. But in Colorado and Kentucky, where they have different rules and the insurance is more broadly available, you know, um, they can grow it by the acre. <laughs> uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things. And if we were to grow here, our insurance would double again. You know, I mean, literally, we were told that. They're like, oh, if you want to grow on your property, it's going to be more expensive. So it's mm-hmm. almost to the point where it, it, it puts you out of the opportunity. I mean, because math is math, right? You have to have input and output costs. And if your input costs are twice as much as your output is going to be, it doesn't ever it doesn't make no sense. So yeah, some of those bit. things are, are challenged. And then the lack mm-hmm. of regulation at the federal level. Um, you know, the 2018 Farm Bill, for all the awesome it was, it created a lot of scratching heads at the state level and then, you know, a lot of, you know, unknowns because there is no regulation at the federal level, right? If there was a little more clarity, um, and I'm all good for common sense regulation, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of illicit markets because of uncommon sense regulation right now, but that's a different, we could talk about that for a different day. Um, you know, we need to understand what we can do, what's allowed, what's not allowed, what can be used as food, what can be used as animal feed, what can be used as all these things that we don't know. We'd love to know. And all of us in the industry, in my belief, want to follow all of the rules for the safety of humans, animals alike, right, and the earth. We, we want to protect mm-hmm. all of it. That's that's our goal, the ones that are in it for the right reasons, right? So we want to protect all those things. How do we do it and have a framework so we all know that we're doing it the best and we don't have to worry about, you know, break, you know, potentially, you know, breaking a rule because um, there is no mm-hmm. rules. That's the, that's the problem, right? It's like, well, this is a rule, but it's not really a rule. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's maybe a rule, but anywhere. no regulations, like you were saying. Right. I mean, well, they they say you know Delta, you know, if it's under point three percent THC, it's legal. Great. Now there's gummies that have a bunch of THC in it, but they're technically under point three percent, so it's illegal. Question mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, just a question mark, right? We don't know. Um, animal feed. So how have right? you been able to I mean, navigate these things? Like, what, what would you like? Is there a, you know, a specific formula or methodology that you use as a company to, to, you know, navigate? Obviously, there's the payment processing, the banking, finance, insurance, and then these regulatory issues. Like, what, what's maybe a, a pointer or a way that you've been able to, to navigate through this? Because obviously, you're still operational and in business. So, um, you've been successful thus well, far. What what would you attribute to that? Clear communication with everybody involved, all parties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've been told I over-communicate and over-share. And I say no because they can't come back to bite me if I open the book, right? So, you know, if you're if you're trying to do everything by the book, you know, you know like my bank, they freaked out. Why are you spending so much money at a marijuana testing lab? My answer was an answer they never thought I would say. It was to prove it wasn't marijuana. Right. And they're like, that's the best answer I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you know, because it's a bank that's federally regulated, and they, I've been banking with them since 2013, and I've been I've been transparent with them since the first hour went to their facility, you know, went to their mm-hmm. board and did all these things to be compliant and be transparent because there was no rules, and I've been with them the whole time. They they would mm-hmm. they I think they take hemp now other hemp people now but you know it's very they're very scrutinous because i'm like the standard bearer for them right so mm-hmm. i've been doing everything right for a long time and been very open book about everything i do right um yeah and in, in, in michigan we have a rack and a med market but we also have an illicit market too that is prevalent so i mean mm-hmm. and and because of the way the rules and the laws are written there's some very gray areas in michigan for example where I can mm-hmm. give you THC if you're over 21, I can give it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Which is great if you're adults being adults. Um, but what mm-hmm. if I sell you a, let's say, I don't know, you, you've been my club and I sell you a sticker and then you walk over to my friend over here and they trade you my sticker, your sticker for, for something that has no regulatory compliance behind it at all. Mm-hmm. And right. that's, that's one of the markets that's opened up and people with, the CBD only stores, some of them actually that's how they keep their doors open. Yeah. Um, right. You know, these the, you know, it's the, that the gray area. Right. And so we're in the health and wellness space. We focus on holistic practitioners. If you're in, mm-hmm. if you want to help people live a healthier life, whether that's through physical, that's through the spa, through massage, right. However, you yeah. are wanting to help somebody live a better life. We have a product that fits that that chat box, right? If you, well, let's go you know, a little if bit you're into deeper. it for, yeah. you know, recreational purposes, as we recommend everybody that walks in our store looking for that, um, Google, and there's probably ten of them within four miles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lots of opportunity on the other side, right? Um, well, let's look at your product line. Like, tell us, tell us a little bit, like, of maybe your top three most popular products and and what your customers are using it for. Great, great question. So, our number one product that has been our number one since pretty much our inception has been our concentrates. Uh, 
we pretty much had the same formula since 2015. Every year it's a different harvest, of course, but it's the same genetics um, and the same mm-hmm. processors, so we're very blessed. Everything is 0.3% less THC, and it's literally CO2 extracted. So there's it's, it's the solvent is CO2, and nothing's been added or removed from the product to make it compliant. So it's the closest thing to a hemp plant besides the plant itself. And that Would ranges from 9% you... up mm-hmm. to 20% cannabinoids. Nice. So it's a full spectrum entourage effect. You're getting all the all the terpenes and, and a lot of other compounds that are synergistic with the cannabinoids, right? All all the natural terpenes that were found in the plant originally are still there um, in in our extracts. And the only thing we've removed we have we have three different versions. We have a raw, which has got the acidic version, pretty much just as it comes out of the machine, and then we decarboxylate the products. Uh, and for the listeners that aren't familiar with that, it's a fancy way of saying heating under pressure for a certain amount of time, um, which will convert the acidic version of the cannabinoids to the non-acidic, or CBDA mm-hmm. to CBD. And then mm-hmm. we also have a filtered version where we'll filter out the chlorophyll and some of the plant waxes and concentrate mm-hmm. it as concentrated as we can while still leaving it compliant. So that can range into 24%. So and full full cannabinoids, CBC, CBL, mm-hmm. CBN, they're they're all there. Uh, trace amounts of THC, uh, you know, and it's it's, a, it's as close to the plant as you can get without having the actual plant. Um, and mm-hmm. then we can we have it, and then we have it all the way from skin care to pet care to everything in between. So it just depends on 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 you you the end user or your you know who is your consumer, right? We do a lot of wholesale, a lot of white label. So our wholesale, mm-hmm. you know, we sell to, like, our pet products. In Michigan, we, vets can recommend CBD. They can't sell it. But in other states, they can sell it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in Michigan, we have, you know, the specialty cannabinoid market isn't profitable in the uh, regulated side, right? So CBN, CBG, both very popular in the cannabis marketplaces here in Michigan, so we help cater to that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, as my wife calls CBN, CB night-night, um, because <laughs> when she can't sleep, she'll take a serving of that. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's not a – you can't do it forever, right? It's once or twice mm-hmm. on occasion, but it works. Mm-hmm. It, it's not right. overused. Um, as somebody that has had my wife also say, I hey, quit working after the fifth day. I'm like, well, it's a supplement. Mm-hmm. It's not a fix. <laughs> Right. None of our mm-hmm. products fix anything. They just help our bodies do what our bodies are supposed to do naturally. Right. Right. Uh, our bodies are just a system of processes that process chemicals and other things in into things we use to live and breathe and right. And mm-hmm. if it's not there, it can't use it. So if we have a deficiency mm-hmm. and we fill the deficiency, our body does stuff with it. Um totally. and we still haven't figured out exactly all the stuff it does with it, but the good outweighs the bad from everything, you know, I've learned over the last 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as long as the products are made good and properly and their and their solvent is then properly removed, if there was solvent used, just like well, the other industries. A curious question on CO2 extraction versus ethanol or butane or these, you know, other extraction methods that uh, might be a lot more caustic or, um, you know, 
do a good job of extracting, but what would you say the pros and cons are of using a CO2 extraction versus another method? So great question. So I am absolutely a proponent of moonshine or ethanol extraction as well, uh, as long as it's properly done. Um, when you get into the tanes, <laughs> butane, heptane, hexane, and all the, I call them the tanes because there's a bunch mm-hmm. of them. Um, I prefer to stay away from those products. And couple reasons. One, if you don't know what you're doing, you can't, you, it, you, you're not going to get it out, right? Number one. But number two, you're not going to get all of it out no matter what. So, you know, butane extraction and the and the THC side, you know, people have been doing that a long time and good, good for them. That's not my jam, right? And the products they make for the reasons they make them aren't for anything that we would use them for, right? The end material that would come out of those types of extractions, we won't use. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, they, we're not into that kind, you know, we're just the, the raw material inputs don't work for us. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we, we look for ethanol extracted or, or CO2 extracted. Now to make isolates, you know, and other, you know, or to fractionate off THC if it's too hot, Right there's other processes that are beyond my pay grade, uh, but the people that we use are very smart. Been doing these things a long time for other industries before they got into the the hemp space. So mm-hmm. you know these get we use farmers that farm you know 72 acre turns you know like a thousand of them. <laughs> and I just you know, yeah. these guys got these are these are farmers right um, mm-hmm. that we use and we've been using. We started with them when they've hand planted an acre. Um, extraction mm-hmm. facilities didn't exist back in 2015 when we started scratching our heads about this stuff, you know. So we started, right. we had to, we had to build it. They didn't exist. So yeah. And I've just kept the people that we've I've worked with for a long time because it works, right? Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. saying there isn't better, faster, you know, ways of doing certain things, or there's not a, a different way of doing things, right? Because there's no 100% right way of doing some of this stuff. But at the end of the day. The products that the the byproduct that's left in the extraction, are we testing for it? And if we are, are we testing for it at the level that it could potentially be in there? Trace mm-hmm. amounts, parts per trillion, right? Um, mm-hmm. We don't know because we our testing mm-hmm. equipment can't test certain things below a certain what they call detectable limit. So mm-hmm. you know, if there's one part per trillion of you know of this very toxic chemical in here, you're never going to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on the naturally extracted stuff. So our right. plant-derived cannabinoids, but now and then you have mm-hmm. the lab-derived cannabinoids. Those yeah. are different conversations. And, and then, and then mm-hmm. you have synthesized cannabinoids, which are even different story. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, um, and all three of those are on the market today, in in, in products that are on shelves, and people mm-hmm. don't know that. They are not the same. They're not created the same. Mm-hmm. And there could potentially be they things in some same. of them that, well, you know, like Delta-8 is naturally occurring compound in nature. It does. It occurs. It's in our extracts in trace amounts, right? Mm-hmm. But to make 80% Delta-8, is it plant identical? Is, if, if, is, that, is that Delta-8 compound identical to what the plant created? And from every scientist I've talked to and for everybody that's been researching into this, the answer is no. And there's been yet mm-hmm. anybody to create Delta-8 that is naturally, or what do they call it, naturally identical. 
what's created in nature. Mm-hmm. But similar, right. it will it will test on the testing, you know, mach- machinery as 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 similar to that compound or really really close. They're not, you know, genetic or uh, um, not genetically, but uh, I guess genetics um, as the atomic Molecular, level identical. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah, identical. Yeah. So, you know, a compound just because so it says it's something doesn't mean it is. And then if it's, if let's mm-hmm. say the extract that I'm getting from you is 80% this compound, what's the other 20%? Mm-hmm. And do we take right. the test for what that 20% is in the finished good mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. we dilute it or before we dilute it, either right. way. And then do we tell the mm-hmm. consumer it's in the product? So all these right. things are, are, are why we need common sense regulation. Um, yeah, you know, because uh, there's there's people selling substances that we shouldn't be ingesting. I mean, there was mm-hmm. an e-liquid line that had PEG 400 or PEG 600 in it, selling CBD, and that was the same thing they used for airplane deicer and and Uh-oh. antifreeze. You know, and <laughs> right. you know, and they were literally selling these vapes at a, a trade show, and it was like, you guys are selling poison. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. They're like, you can really feel it. I'm like, are you sure you're feeling the, the CBD? I don't think right. so, but I'm not a I'm I'm not a microbiologist or a chemist, and I can tell you what you're doing, but I wouldn't and I wouldn't ingest that if I was you. Right. But that's okay. Um, that's between that's you and you. So um, yeah, to be doing what you're doing and to have the education out there for people to be aware and educated consumers. You know, hence the name of our company, Hemp Aware. It's, it's really about raising the awareness, being more conscious, more present, more aware to the value, to the quality of, of what you're putting in your body. And I, I totally agree. There's there's definitely a distinction or a difference between ingesting an isolated compound versus ingest, ingesting that same compound that's synergistically blended or grown in nature uh, you know, to be consumed with these other compounds that, that prop, like they call it the entourage effect or whatever, but I think it's just called nature. You know, you, you can um, certainly play with nature and, and concentrate things. Um, and I think we have come to a point in the world where we kind of have to do that because we are so exposed to so many toxins and so many you know pollutants and, and things that are, that are destroying our topsoil, and you know we're not getting the type of nutrients that we once did 50 or 100 or 200 years ago, and so we are very deficient in a lot of nutrients. So it makes sense to increase or concentrate some nutrients, but to do it in a way that includes these other compounds, I think is very unique or important. And I love that you guys are doing that. Uh, but I kind of want to shift gears to talk more on, on like the marketing, the branding made by hemp has a, a really clean look. You guys know what you're doing in terms of branding and, and design. Do you have any pointers or principles or anything that you guys live by as a company that you can share with other hemp entrepreneurs that, that might help them with their marketing or brand strategy? Absolutely. So a make sure your content provides value, right? And it gives, that the consumer a good you know uh, good buying decision information right there's so much misinformation you know not only tell your consumer about what it is but point to places where they can find out more information about about, the, about your products right give your brand validity um, and then proof 
social proof, right? As many people as can give you a, a Google review, um, ask for that, right? Because just because one person loves it, if they tell the world that they love it, other people will see that, that it's got value. So, you know, everything in the hemp industry, as of this point, you can't market CBD traditionally, right? I can't go on Instagram and Facebook and just throw some money at some ads. Um, even though, I don't know, some people are, right? but they're, they're short-lived. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that, that makes it really a challenge to do the traditional marketing perspective. So it's all about organic, good content, providing consistent content, right? Talk about your products and your brand. Why, why is it different than the stuff you can buy at the gas station or at the head shop? You know, what, what, what makes you unique? Which, why, why would I buy your product versus the one I can go get over at madebyhemp.com, right? Um, and, I'm, you know, and competition is good because we need competition in this marketplace to, you know, weed out the bad actors. But mm-hmm. as a consumer, I want to make sure that you, you have confidence in what you buy, right? We also have a money-back guarantee. So for any reason, you're not happy with the product you buy from us, we'll replace it. And then to any of our vendors, if you have a customer that's unhappy with the product they bought, give them their money back. We'll replace the product free of charge, right? Um, you know, you can't be over-promising that the, the product will do something that it won't do, right? And then tell me, well, it never works for my customers and they don't want their money back. But, you know... Uh, as long as you sell the product, mm-hmm. with, you know, with the intent of what it is or what what it's used for, um, and it may or may not help you, depending on your situation. You know, mm-hmm. people come in and say, well, this fix, cure, prevent, or treat might fill in the blank. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell yeah. you it will or it won't. All I know is mm-hmm. I take the product for this, and this is what it's done. My team, other team mm-hmm. members take it for this, this is what it does for them. Um, you know, if you're not happy with what it's doing for you, come see me. I will be t- I will mm-hmm. take care of you because the last thing I want is a customer unhappy. Um, totally. You know, and then you know, third-party testing. It, it's gotta it's gotta happen. So you know, understanding a COA. We try to people how to read COAs, but you wouldn't believe how many people still call and ask. I don't understand this. What does it mean? You know, your bottle says 500. Is that per serving? Is that per drop? Is that in the whole? You know, what is it? Is it the whole bottle? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. people don't realize that label claim is what's in the in the whole entire unit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if it says it weighs a pound, it's got to weigh a pound. If it says it's one fluid mm-hmm. ounce, there needs to be a fluid ounce. Uh, right. If it says there's 500 milligram, there's 500 milligram. And then of what? Is it cannabinoids? Is it CBD? Mm-hmm. Is it half extract? Mm-hmm. Pick a word mm-hmm. they're different. <laughs> yeah. And then it's education on, on, on that piece of it. Um, you know, and well, then... That's... Setting expectations yeah. for the, the the consumer as well, you know. If this isn't, mm-hmm. you know, I took it, my headache or whatever, you know, didn't have it, didn't happen. Well, <laughs> it's a supplement. It's like anything in mm-hmm. nature. You don't you don't take um, you know, uh, let you know you take lavender to calm your, you know, lavender tea, but it doesn't like mm-hmm. change anything, right? Uh, yeah, I mean those the, terpenes. Yeah, they have a specific effect. I mean, you can look up certain ingredients or compounds and see what the history has been on on that type of compound or what effects it might have on the nervous system or the immune system. It doesn't mean that every single person is going to have those same experiential 
benefits or, or um, effects, so to speak, but it is important to at least understand what, what they might be able to expect. And just to kind of reiterate what you said, you know, as far as what other hemp companies can do to, to really improve their marketing and branding, you said focusing on high quality content that, that really provides value and being consistent with that. Uh, you said social proof, you know, documenting people's experiences, or if they do have a positive experience, uh, make sure to, to document that and show it to others because social proof is, is very effective when it comes to sales. Um, and then, like you said, don't be afraid to refer to, to other resources or maybe other professionals in your industry uh, because that association with another you know, professional or another uh, maybe organization in your niche, even though it might be competition, competition is healthy. So it's important to, to maybe link to other resources and realize there's more than a, enough fish in the sea for everyone to benefit and, and to do business with. Um, and then you said, really identify why your product is different, how it's unique from other products on the market that are similar, and, and what, what really differentiate you from them. Uh, coming up with a guarantee, I thought was a really um, great thing that you said. You know, if it's a money back guarantee, or, uh, you know, we'll replace the product, or obviously you can't make any claims or tell people that it's going to cure, treat, or heal them in any way. But if for some reason they're not happy, it's, it's most oftentimes just better to give them their money back or, you know, just make sure they're happy um, so that you don't have a bad mouth or out there saying things. So it's, it can be, be advantageous to just give them their money back if your business model can handle that. Um, and then I think you said to, to not overpromise, like don't, guarantee things that you can't really back up or make claims that aren't true or, you know, really be clear about your messaging and, and what you can promise. And, um, and by doing that, I think you said, you know, using data analytics, testing and, and things to document what it is that they're getting can, can help with that. Um, did, did I summarize that pretty well or did you have any final comments on marketing tips or branding tips? You know, not, not, not much though. I think you hit it all. I mean, you mentioned if your if your brand can afford the re, the refunds. Um, if you're in a consumer brand, and you want, if you feel have a customer wants their money back, every time I've done this, it's gotten me more customers. Because they'll say, oh, mm-hmm. no problem, give your money back. I understand you've only mm-hmm. taken it once though, and you take it for right. me twice a day for the next two weeks. I give you money back, so that's no problem. Your refund's on its way. But if you could take it twice mm-hmm. a day for the next two weeks, and then give me a call. Mm-hmm. And let me know your experience. I've yeah. had one yet to not want to give me more money. So, mm-hmm. You know, because uh, it was set, it's setting expectation of the product as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people think this is like, you know, I go to the store and I grab a gummy and I eat a gummy and I'm just in miracles and all the things are going to happen. Well, none of that's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But your expectations have to be set right. You know, you hear yeah. little, you know, people are misled, and that's one of the reasons the FDA exists. You know, they don't want people making, you know, selling snake oil. And I agree. I don't want people mm-hmm. selling snake oil to me or my family or any of my friends or any humans, for that matter. Um, you know, we we want to all live the best, healthiest life we can. You know, yeah. it's like vitamin B12. I've learned so mm-hmm. much about B12 in the last six months that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I found I'm allergic to, it, to certain kinds of B12. 
there's more than one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't know what you don't know. And then come to find out that to be told I'm allergic to, one in five people are roughly allergic to, and it's in everything. So, right. including now, including hemp brands now. So even mm-hmm. gummies that have B12 in them might have the wrong kind. Because hmm. um, everybody's adding, you know, supplemental stuff to their, their gummies as well, which is great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. And, and, the, and the uninformed consumer also doesn't know what that is either, right? So now mm-hmm. you're throwing more data into the mix, and, and confusion is the best way to lose a customer. Exactly. Um, so, you know, transparency, answer all their questions with clarity, short and concise, you know, uh, best advice I can give you, uh, know your target audience. Your, everybody is not your target audience. You know, mm-hmm. there's 320 million people in the U.S. I don't need 320 million customers. I just want, mm-hmm. you know, a very specific subset of them um, mm-hmm. that follow my values and beliefs and also have the same values and beliefs for their customers. And we all win. It's like a win-win-win. Um, exactly. When you find when yeah, you no, find that synergistic approach. Absolutely. I would say that to kind of back that up, when it comes to marketing and branding, it, like you said, is really knowing your target audience, knowing their obviously their demographics, their geographics, their um, behavioristic uh, character, you know, traits, where they shop, what clothes they wear, like as, as much you can find out about the type of people that you sell to, you can really understand their language and, and how they think and what problems they're dealing with. And that way you can take your product as the solution to their problems. And, and I think that's the, the real key or objective of any marketing is having what, what's called dog whistle copy, where you're not trying to sell your product to everyone because they say if you try to sell to everyone, you end up selling to no one. So really utilizing your sales copy, the, the words that you use to single out specific groups of people to get their attention. And then once you get their attention, you can, you know, really position your brand or your, your products as the solution. And, and that, that really is the key. I, I totally agree with that. And um, appreciate your wisdom. It's been super fun chatting uh, just to kind of wrap up today's show uh, and take a little right turn, what would you say are, are some of the areas of hemp that you think are not being talked about enough? You know, maybe maybe it's related to CBD or maybe it's hemp fiber or hemp foods or hemp plastics. Is there another area that you feel well, like really needs more research and funding going into it? Um, well, you mentioned most of them. Hemp is carbon negative. They've been talking about green technology. Well, let's talk green green. Let's, let's start fixing some soil. Let's go to Flint, Michigan and fix some soil. You know, let's go to, mm-hmm. you know, some other areas. Camp Lejeune, let's fix some soil there, right? Um, those are areas where hemp needs some focus. Uh, fiberglass, plastic, building materials. We don't have to deforest. I'm all in. Let's figure it out. We have the technology mm-hmm. in the farmland, right? Let's quit growing corn, start growing some hemp, let's throw some money at it. Right, and figure out other uses for this plant that can be commercialized and help the world. That, that, that's 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 that simple. You know, uh, we have recreation mm-hmm. as one use, fantastic. We have CBD or the uh, my other cannabinoids, on these, fantastic. Now let's talk about the other forty-seven thousand potential commercial mm-hmm. opportunities for the plant that can help humanity yeah. and the earth. 
Um, I agree. That's, that's, it's, it, you know, we all want it. We're all here and we all want to have an abundant life. And I think we all can, mm-hmm. but we also have to leave the world better than we found it and do the best that we can with the world while we have it. So if we can okay. make a change in the world, even if it's one incremental change at a time, you know, is there, is there's biofuel from hemp, I'm in. I heard you can make mm-hmm. more hemp biofuel from hemp than you can from corn. Let's explore mm-hmm. it. I mean, distilling right. ethanol is the same, whether it's from hemp or from corn, I think. I just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't do that, but I'm sure that there's, sure. there's similarities, right? So mm-hmm. just all these opportunities, you know, what, what why 0.3% mm-hmm. THC? Let's, let's talk about that one. Uh, all right. Know. Yeah, there's uh, some folks out there that say the higher THC levels are actually going to produce more voluptuous seed, more higher oil content. So we might be, you know, stabbing ourselves in the foot trying to lower the the THC it levels. It made a better fiber. The rope, the rope mm-hmm. content went to shit when they lowered the THC level in the hemp. Um, hmm. You know, Curious, and yeah. that was the fiber part. That had nothing to do with the seed or the flowering tops. That was the fiber, and you know. So I right. think it all goes hand in hand. You know, I, nature created some pretty amazing things, right? No matter what oh, your yeah. beliefs are, it, 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 it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing, right? So yeah. we know it's amazing. Let's figure out how to use it for all its amazingness. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate your wisdom and, and what you've shared on the show so far. Where can our listeners learn more about you, your brand, your products, and, and get a hold of you to do business with you, whether it's white labeling or as you know, consumers wanting to find some high-quality CBD products? What, what can they do to find you? Well, the consumers can go to madebyhemp.com. Today is Cyber Monday, so you know, go on over there. We've got some great deals going on. Um, if you're in the wholesale, you can give us a call at one eight four four three us hemp Again, that's 844-3-US-HEMP. And uh, one of our reps will be more than happy to take care of you. Right on. Well, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. This is your hemp entrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp, here to empower and hemp educate your hemposphere as usual. Thanks again, Jeff, for being on today's show. And everyone go check out madebyhemp.com. They've got some amazing resources and education on the topic, but also some really great products. So thanks again, Jeff. Really appreciate what you're doing and for being on the show. Thank you. You too. Have an amazing day. See you, everyone.